It's whenever you're listening to this and you know what that means. It's the WrestleWolf Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Damien Gibson. And joining me, as always, is the King of Marks, the man who, when he speaks, the neckbeards listen. It's Paulie T. G'day, brother. How are you? Good. I'm good. It's wrestling time. Have you have you have you decided what uh, what what this uh, amazing revolutionary announcement's going to be tomorrow? Oh God, I don't. It genuinely, I don't know why this week has felt like a really long time that I've wanted to watch wrestling so much. So I messaged you the other day and was like, "I'm watching the Raw recap show," and you were like, "Why? <laughs> why are you doing that to yourself?" Can I tell you? And I. I feel like maybe the WWE bashing is getting a bit old, but this is a true story. I got 19 minutes into their recap show and was like, nah, can't. Uh, I can't. I actually was like, I think I'd prefer to watch Raw than Bottom Line, <clears throat> which is the weekly. I think it's only, I think only international audiences can see it. But um, yeah. And it's Absolutely. Supposed to be the best bits, yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> wonder who has the job of editing that together <laughs> oh man and the funny thing is it's it's a half an hour show and a good 15 minutes of it was all around the super show in saudi arabia <clears throat> so I, I yeah anyway it's it's felt like a long week so i don't <laughs> i'm almost 100 percent sure that the big announcement is going to be johnny gagano or you know, Rotunda. Yeah, something like that. Or they're doing a show in London or yeah, I know I, he I said just... it's something we don't expect we won't expect or what no one will guess, but he's mm. done that before, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just can't help but think that it's not a new signing. It's it's gotta be something bigger than that. If it was something big business-wise, it can't be a TV deal because that's locked in with Turner, so that's done. The only thing it could be is an internet, like an international TV rights deal on a platform maybe. So maybe it's being taken off fight and being put on Netflix, for example. I mean, that would be pretty big. Wow. That actually would be very big. Yeah, because that would... um that would expose a whole lot of new be- people to uh, to the product. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I've been talking about for the last couple of years. I don't understand why a wrestling company wouldn't approach a streaming platform like Disney Plus or Netflix, <clears throat> Amazon Prime, and say, look, we make this content anyway <clears throat> for our American deal, you know, for our American um, audience. It's free content. You don't have to pay for it. You don't, you know, all we're asking for is that you pay for the international license and you can have it on your streaming services in every other country on earth outside of North America. Mm. Okay. It's a, it's a win-win. I mean, they get free content, essentially. I mean, they've got to pay a little bit of money, but they don't have to worry about producing it. They don't have to do any of it. You know, it's just pre-made content. See, for mine, uh, the, the theories that have been discussed in dirt sheets lately uh, trying to put forward a reasonable um, uh, answer to the question of what is this amazing new announcement the theories that i've 
stuck on a thought, mm, that's probably got more weight than others, is that um, he's going to announce a partnership or maybe even more, more stronger than that. He's going to buy uh, Ring of Honor and or TNA. Yeah, I mean, that would be – that's huge. Then we've, we've <clears> got <throat> the possibility of uh, talent who are already on the – when I say TNA, they're now known as Impact, <laughs> on the Impact roster um, performing on AEW shows. But not only that, they're going to have so many new uh, wrestlers to work with and uh, uh, a probably half a dozen more or, or whatever the count is, belts to defend that they're going to need another show. Yeah. So... <laughs> Having a, um, a, a conglomerate of those three promotions is going to be pretty huge. So, Oh, so the rumour is that Tony has bought Impact and Ring of Honor. Well, yeah, and or. Like, um, you know, oh, it's okay. kind of like it could be both or it could be just one of them. Well, Ring of Honor, I mean, that Ring of Honor at the moment is essentially a tape library and three belts. Not yes. to be an arsehole, but that's essentially what Ring of Honor is. So I... I I imagine, and those tapes are worth quite a bit, especially for marks like us. I mean, you know, mm. <laughs> it's it's a pretty valuable library. But um, if all of that was to move into a streaming service or content for streaming services, then yeah, I mean, something like that. I feel like that's the most legitimate theory we've actually put on the podcast in the last two weeks. <laughs> So you don't think Boogeyman's going to be the new president? Oh, man. Look, I couldn't think of anything better. <laughs> the Boogeyman or Repo Man is <clears throat> good cop, bad cop, uh, GMs <laughs> of Dynamite. <laughs> I mean, the thing, it, a GM could be a fun thing in Dynamite because I feel like it would be done well, like in AEW. Oh, How would look- you feel about that? Would you be like, oh, God. I'm not. I'm not totally against the idea, but it does. Um, it, it does seem like they're falling into line with the typical uh, Fed behaviour, mm. and and they from the start they wanted to make sure there was a clear sort of divergence. Yeah, um, you know, part of that not 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 having Tony Khan as an on-screen character. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I'm more thinking like uh, Eric Bischoff, you know, <laughs> Jim Cornette. I mean, you could genuinely do, I mean, Jim Cornette's not going to happen, but you could genuinely do it with Eric Bischoff where he comes in and is like, look, you know, you all know what I think about AEW. I think it sucks. And I'm here to raise the bar. Yeah. I did it once before. I'll do it again. I will lead AEW to victory in these wrestling wars he's already actually <laughs> appeared on a dynamite episode hasn't a couple he? actually oh, yeah. right there was yeah, some, a couple so some, the, uh, the relationship was good and then something happened yeah summit held between two wrestlers i can't remember who it was maybe it was kenny and and jericho uh, or, I can't it was remember. jericho and orange cassidy i think remember they had the um the debates because orange cassidy hadn't even really spoken mm. yet mm. on tv and then <laughs> They got to the debate and I yes. Cassie opened his mouth and he was this ridiculously articulate and erudite 
human being. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most wrestlers are. They're like heavy metal musicians. <laughs> they look scary and then they open their mouth and they start quoting Balzac at you and you're like, oh, okay, cool, no worries, man. <laughs> <laughs> Except for um, The Undertaker and uh, EC3. Um, do you see... Have you seen any of the news about EC3's promotion that he's set up with Braun Strowman in the last couple of weeks and then immediately was accused of having links to America's far right? And uh, Only very, very vague little headlines. I didn't really get into it, did I? Yeah, probably best to stay away from EC3 and Braun Strowman, I reckon, is just my takeaway from <laughs> that. Um Oh, actually, I was just going to say really briefly before we get into our usual AW stuff, um, I've been watching a fair bit of Impact. I mean, I've been watching Impact for the last year, year and a half. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that. But um, I, there's been a, a storyline going on the last three or four weeks, which ties into what we were talking about with Tony buying or, you know, rumoured to have buyed Impact, bought Impact and Ring of Honor. There's a bunch of ex-Ring of Honor wrestlers who appeared and were invading Impact. And then they had a match. It was essentially the same beats of the invasion angle in 2002, but done well, like on a much smaller scale. But the story was actually told quite well. So I just want to give props to Scott Demore and everybody involved in Impact and Ring of Honor who told that story because it only went for about six weeks and it's very low scale. It was wrestlers like PCO and stuff like that. But I just thought they did a great job of making Ring of Honor wrestlers matter. And, you know, in those situations where you're like, like uh, WWE would have someone like Roman Reigns fight for the honour of WWE in a situation like that, when it goes completely against his character type of being only about himself. Impact didn't do that. They didn't have Moose fight on behalf of Impact because he's a heel champion. He doesn't give a shit. Um, and so that came up in the story. It was just really, look, if if you're looking for a third, if you're an AEW guy or girl and you're looking for a third show to watch, watch Impact. Hey, um, you just uh, reminded me of uh, something interesting that I picked up during the week. And it was a, uh, it was a tweet from Matt Cardona. Uh, uh, and I uh, think of it just because you were saying how Moose wouldn't, uh, wouldn't represent the company because he's a heel and he doesn't give a shit. Anyway. Cardona says uh, in this very simple but beautifully written tweet, words that I'm not going to repeat in order because I don't have it in front of me, but he essentially said, if someone is being a heel and you like them, they're not a heel. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I replied with the first sort of 10 names that I could think of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Britt Baker, like, she's great. But mm. she's a heel, so you know she's she's not doing it well enough. Or, <laughs> mm. um, uh, you know, there's anyway, there's there's many of them, and I'm not going to go Would into it. Would Adam now. Cole be? Absolutely, he was one of them. One the of those, yeah. Um, Sami Zayn is. I mean, WWE booking is FTR f- fucking awful. It, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I really like FTR. But I yeah. like them because of how good they are at being heels. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it becomes kind of there better, is a, gr- of like, a little bit of a grey line there, yeah. like um, you know, uh, MJF 
I, I, I couldn't put him in that list because I do love to hate him. Mm. He's very hateable. Especially going up against CM Punk. <laughs> you know, it's like for me, it's very easy for me to be like, I fucking hate you, MJF. Um, yeah. Kenny Omega was a bit like that as a heel. The, yeah. the, the Bucks, the all of the elite actually are so charismatic as heels. It's, um, yeah, it's the it's NWO all over again, <laughs> where it's like, oh, these guys are the coolest guys in the in the company by a long way. So it's hard to hate them. I actually hated the Bucks' faces initially. I remember you telling me many times. I could not stand them. <laughs> so just, smarmy. Yeah, they were though. Like, and I think maybe they were doing that on purpose. I, yeah, <laughs> I've seen the light now with the Bucks that they're they are legitimately playing. 5D chess when I'm playing checkers when it comes to booking <laughs> wrestling. And, um, yeah, there is a bit of that in AEW. Is that a problem? Is it a problem that the heels are all super cool and likable? Um, no, it's not a problem. <laughs> um, you know, because re- honestly, the only one that I could think of in who's actively, um, uh, part of you know actively comes out of the uh, the left tunnel or the right as as they mm, are up mm. on stage. Bad guys tunnel uh, <laughs> is uh, is MJF that sort of doesn't fit that boat to uh, yeah, to mm. to back up um, Matt's claim. MJF's um, pretty easy to hate. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, I think, are doing pretty good jobs. I mean, Dan Lambert helps with that. A oh lot, yeah, but I think um, I think Ethan Page is a pretty good heel. He's pretty easy to hate. Yeah, he's doing well. Scorp is a much better heel than he was as a babyface. Babyface, I did not care about Scorpio Sky at all. At all. <clears throat> but then it is that sort of thing of like, as a as a villain, I want him, <laughs> I want him to succeed because I want to <laughs> see more of them. So I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't know if there's anyone else on. What about uh, Malachi Black? He's pretty hateable. I oh no, I, I think he's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, he's cool. His whole gimmick is cool, but I mean, as a character, he's pretty. You know, he's spitting mist in young girls' eyes, and he's not a very likable dude. Yeah, he's 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 certainly on the uh, on the cusp, and uh, the 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 black mist is is absolutely. Um, a, a mechanism being used to push him, push him all the way into heel territory. You know who's doing a, a really good job as a heel, or was Cody Rhodes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wasn't I a heel or a babyface. He was just a winner. <laughs> can I? Can I tell you? I've never been asked about. Anything, but I've been asked about Cody Rhodes more because I'm sure you have this in your life as well. Is that you're the wrestling guy? Hmm. I've never been like CM Punk. People ask me about that a little bit, um, so that definitely broke through. But this Cody Rhodes story, you know, I was at a, a, a fantasy football draft on Saturday night, and I I must have been asked five times out of the sixteen of us who were there, "What's going on with this Cody Rhodes WWE thing?" <laughs> <laughs> right, it's really crossed over into mainstream stuff. Yeah, now. <laughs> man. So if it is a um, if it is a work, I mean, it's brilliant, right? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't see how it's going to go wrong. Honestly, 
um, you know, there there might be there might be some little uh, writers for dirt sheet websites that might be pissed off that they were told quote unquote lies, hmm. um, but. Uh, and the fans, you know, maybe they're going to react by booing him when he comes back. Great. That's what they want. They want him yeah. to be loud <laughs> and react. Yeah. And he'll be a heel when he comes back anyway. So great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a story that you shared with me about another piece of evidence as to why Cody wouldn't sign with WWE. Do you want to talk about that? Well, it's pretty simple um, in that uh, he was unable to use his surname. Now, um, some people might say, well, it's not really his surname. He was born Cody Runnels. Um, but as far as... He's not calling himself Cody Runnels. No. Um, <laughs> as, as, uh, there, there was... Uh, I, I remember reading a quote from him, and it was something about something similar to the, like a particular early stage in his childhood or... Um, uh, when he started wrestling or something like that. You know what I'm thinking, as I think about it now, I think what he said was, as soon as he can remember being aware that his dad was um, Dusty Rhodes, hmm. then he was already under the impression that his name was Cody Rhodes. And that's just the, the way that he thought of himself. Hmm. Um, and so it, it was just a, just a name that he felt that was, you know, handed down from his dad. Hmm. Um, anyway, so, uh, I can't remember exactly, I think it was, uh, Ring of Honor or New Japan. Anyway, whenever it was that, um, wherever it was that Cody left to after he was, um, uh, got the, got the shits with the, um, the Stardust character. They would not let they the, the WWE uh, retained the copyright to Cody Rhodes as in 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 the in the um, uh, realm of wrestling entertainment was owned by them, hmm. even though it's essentially this guy's name, and he wasn't able to use his full name for five years until they released it or they let it lapse or whatever it was. Hmm. Um, so that's why at the beginning of AEW and for the first, I think, 18 months to two years of, the, um, of its existence, he was just simply Cody. Now, one would think that that kind of behavior vindictively um, preventing him from being able to use what he effectively believed was his own name would stick around and you'd, you'd sort of, you'd feel that for quite a while. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you wouldn't feel like, um, you'd, you want to, you want to, uh, come back on board to, uh, a group of people who did that kind of thing to you. No, I wouldn't have thought so. It's a business, Paul. <laughs> it's a business. Now the, the other little tidbit that I found, uh, and, and, um, I was pleased to find this cause it was just, uh, just, I had an idea. Um, it wasn't something that, uh, I, I, I read that someone else had mentioned is that I went to the AEW merchandise website, mm. shop.aew.com. I think that's what it's called. 20% off now. Um, and I'm doing it right now. 
It's not a paid gig, by the way. I was just, just my Excalibur impersonation. It's like, no, it's not even uh, right I'll give you the hot tip. There's always 20% off. <laughs> it's actually shopaew.com. There we go. Too many dots in there, in my guess. <laughs> if I just go right under the main logo on the left, top left side and click view roster mm-hmm. and then wait for the loading banner to disappear, uh, it is pretty easy to scan down and see between CM Punk and Colt Cabana, Cody Rhodes. Ooh. And you click away, and he has, from last count when I was here earlier earlier in the day, um, I think the highest number of items in anyone's um, library for <laughs> a- available for purchase. He's got like 36 things you can buy. What, um, what's the most random thing in there? Uh, there's a there's a t-shirt where it's it's like a line drawing and he's mm. holding a piece of pizza and <laughs> the banner on it is everyone loves Cody. That was weird. Okay. Um and uh, you can buy a um you know a, a covid face mask with the night nightmare logo on it. Um <laughs> they can you can you can buy a tie, a necktie, a, tie, a Cody Rhodes tie. I mean that's pretty random. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all that stuff, absolutely still there. It says he's the AEW EVP, do the work, Cody Rhodes. American. Imagine the guy who shows up in the office with a Cody Rhodes tie-on. Johnson, get me the Reynolds file. And also, Johnson, great tie. <laughs> Love it. Uh, or wearing it to a wedding. You know, It feels like the kind of thing the black sheep brother wears to his you know, sister's wedding. Because mum told him to wear a tie. That's the only tie he's got is his Cody Rhodes tie. <laughs> now, look, maybe that means nothing. Maybe they are a completely separate reta- uh, business organization. They, you know, th- they focus on selling stuff. The other one focuses on making the stories. They didn't quite have that meeting on the Friday and sort of line things up. But I don't know. It's mm. I don't know, man. Don't know. It seems like they're <laughs> all uh, still working together or something. <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, uh, or it could be AEW going. Oh fuck it, we'll just you know. Got to clear the lockers. <laughs> gotta we'll go, keep selling them. You know. Got to empty those shelves. <laughs> uh, I think you could still buy CM Punk shirts off the WWE store for the longest time. So, oh, right. I think so. Actually, I might be wrong for that. I might that might be wrong, but you can still definitely buy Macho Man Randy Savage T-shirts on there because I did. <laughs> um, speaking of Cody Rhodes, the this will be the last thing I promise, guys. Then we'll move on to other stuff. Uh, the Young Bucks <laughs> had a situation on BTE this week where Tony Schiavone um, knocked on their uh, dressing room door and asked to apply for the role of EVP, and. Um, he had his little resume and everything, and he handed it over to them. And uh, Matt Jackson took the resume and then started smacking uh, Tony with it. Um, so, I again, I don't think Matt and Nick Jackson are doing little skits about, you know, their best mate leaving the company a week after it happened. You know, I, I just don't. I mean, maybe if he shows up at WrestleMania, then, you know, hats off to the Young Bucks for taking this so well. But, um, 
Yeah. One last question about this. <laughs> Do you think it's reasonable that no one connected to WWE has bothered to say um, Cody Rhodes is not being employed by us, we don't care, or anything like that? Well, if they... I mean, or in fact, sorry, they do care, obviously. They don't want to be associated with his name. Well, it doesn't. I mean, it's, they're the kind of publicity, you know, whores that would love it anyway. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, well, people are talking about us, so who cares? And it doesn't mean that Fair Cody point. hasn't Fair spoken point. to WWE. He may have, he may have no, I spoken he to would have. them. I expect he would have for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everything that's been reported so far is probably correct. You know, to a point, but um, I will say this: uh, Sir Matthew Kayfabe, the other WrestleWolf, uh, messaged yesterday saying, uh, "Gee, I really hope Cody shows up at WrestleMania because uh, my <laughs> I just still want to I still want to remain the king of breaking news." And I was like, "It's not going to happen, man." He's <laughs> like, "It is looking less and less likely every day." <laughs> So even the biggest proponent of the Cody to WWE story, Sir Matthew K. Fabe, is starting to waver a little bit. But uh, also, speaking of BTE, Adam Cole is your new BTE champion, by the way, guys. Just thought I'd... And, and that's <laughs> a thing? With that. Yeah. That's been a thing since the beginning of COVID because the boys got real bored in the locker room and... <laughs> created a BTE championship and now they just play dumb games to Oh right. So it'll be like tiddlywinks or indoor tempin bowling or it's yeah. all very you know uh all very good clean fun. Uh Battle Royal was pretty pretty awesome. Tag team Battle Royal. Yeah. I um I, I liked the the way that they um Got to the got to the sort of main segment pretty quickly, which mm. was where there were like six individuals left that each represented their tag team. So there were no actual duos remaining. Mm. Uh, so it was a lot easier to tell what was going on, and then they started weaving in their current stories. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I was very happy to see John Silver in and around the end of that match. Um, I would like to see Reynolds and Silver get a at least a run at the title sh- at some point in the next six months, which I think will happen. But um, yeah, he's got something. He's like Johnny Hungy. He's just got something that really he's very popular. Uh, yeah, that people people love. And I initially I was kind of like I don't get it, but the more I watch him, the more I I understand. Um, you know, you've said that so many times about so many different people. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I should probably just reserve judgment. I'd be a lot happier. But the, the, <laughs> I don't know. There is sometimes where, like the acclaimed. I hate the. I hated the acclaimed for like a week, and then the <laughs> second week, I was like, actually, you know what? I've changed my mind on the acclaimed. Um, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. I can't tell you how many times I've flipped on Cody Rhodes. <laughs> it's been a thousand in the last two years. Um, but we are completely impartial. No. no. Man, this is why you listen to this podcast. We're not impartial at all. Uh, we're giant neckbeards like you. That's why you're listening. Even the girls. Girls can be neckbeards too. Um, obviously, the main story in this is Young Bucks versus Red Dragon. 
uh, and that mm, got escalated. Give me more of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that got escalated uh, by, oh, my God, I'm going completely. Kyle O'Reilly? Kyle O'Reilly. I can always remember Bobby Fish. I can never <laughs> remember Kyle O'Reilly's name. Uh, uh, eliminating Matt Jackson um, to win the match and to, of course, escalate the tension between um, both tag teams. And then Adam Page, Hankman Adam Page, coming to the ring and lending the support to the Young Bucks. So is this anything? Is this maybe that Kenny's going to be out even longer than we thought and so it'll be Paige I, I, and the Bucks versus Cole and Red Dragon? That's not the way that I, I was looking at that. <laughs> I, I just thought um, it was another um, another way that they could put in some good uh, lead-up uh, airtime, uh, so, uh, pro- promo time to build up the uh, uh, world champ. Mm match that uh, both Adams are going to have shortly. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And they had done the work where Red Dragon had beaten down, helped Adam uh, Cole beat down Adam Page the week before. But mm-hmm. I just thought maybe, you know, I'm just stirring the pot a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, um, you know, aren't seeing Kenny as soon as we would like. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I, I, I didn't. Remember hearing anything about timelines, as in if things were running late or anything like that? Uh, I did did um, hear uh, something about the fact, you know, that he'd had the surgeries, hmm. um, and you know now he's doing a few more sort of interviews and bits and pieces to get back on, get his name back out there. But yeah, nothing about timelines. Yeah, I think if someone's had, it, I think it's, it was two, at least two or three. Surgery, like clean up surgeries, is going to take a while. There's no, he doesn't have to come back. You know, it's not like it's not like AEW or one man band relying on Kenny Omega. So take the time, get better, and then you know, go hell for leather when you come back. Makes sense to me. I know it's been a while now, but did you happen to notice uh, when Paige came out whether or not he still had damage from that uh, hardcore match with um, uh. Lance Archer? No, I always pay attention to his cowboy shirts more than anything else. And last week was ah, spectacular. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because mm, okay, it must have been the previous week. Then um, his his eye was seriously uh, inflamed, and and you could see visible stitches. Oh, uh, no, I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure they're probably there. Cause... Oh, I forgot this timing wrong. Was it actually, yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, no, all you're right. All blurs together. You're right. It is a bit difficult because, we, re- yeah, we record like a, almost a week after the show's air. But um, anyway, no, I, I thought the whole segment was great. I'm really, I'm almost 100% sure Adam Cole will win the championship. I'm just sort of pretty certain that will happen. Um mm. Doesn't that look? Doesn't that make Page look pretty weak? That he can only hold on the belt for two defenses. Um, I don't know. I yeah, maybe a little bit, but I think they'll continue to feud. Either way, whoever wins it, I think it'll it'll be a feud that's continued. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing a um, uh, hot potato feud for a while. You know, when they're when they're so good. Yeah, I think that's how they're building up the story anyway, is that they're pretty equally matched. 
just one guy's super nice and the other one's an asshole. <laughs> uh, but um, what I was going to say before when we were talking about um, heels and heels being too good at their job and getting over as a face, mm. um, what I'm noticing for myself anyway with the Cole and Hangman feud is that um, Hangman is really good at being a babyface because I really don't like Adam Cole in this feud at all. <laughs> and I want to see Hangman beat the living shit out of him every week. Well, job done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I feel like that's more Hangman than Cole, because Cole is pretty cool. I mean, you know, he's a handsome dude. He's very funny, very charismatic, great in the ring, amazing song, great <laughs> entrance. I mean, it's hard to hate him. So Paige is doing uh, a pretty good job, I think. It is all about the boom. <laughs> Uh, speaking of heels, um, is MJF a heel anymore? Well, um, yeah, so you're alluding to that spectacular. <laughs> yeah, spectacular man. Spectacular promo. Pro- you know, one of the best ever. Like, uh, yeah, genuinely. Ever. <laughs> I don't think that's hyperbolic at all for it to already be in that consideration to one of the greatest promos. Yeah. Up there um, with the pipe bomb and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So he um, he said at the beginning that, you know, it's easy to imagine me having grown up with a silver spoon in my mouth the entire time. Uh, talked about struggles being, um, being, um, the isolated as the as the as the sort of Jew boy of his school group, and hmm. uh, only found that he was able to do well at something when he when he found his way into football. But only really ever loved being a you know professional wrestling. Hmm. Then when Punk left, he felt like he was uh, he'd quit on on Max, quit on little Max, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never quit. So that's why I'm going to beat you up now, Punk. Uh. <laughs> it's um i mean it's it is genuinely um i know i mentioned this a lot and it's probably a bit wanky but i do study writing at school or uni that's what that's what i do and this was there's nothing as far as a villain is concerned there's nothing better than a villain who thinks they have a legitimate reason to be doing what they're doing so legitimate that you as the audience at points go uh and when MJF was cutting this promo, by the end of it, there was a part of me, and you know this from me, CM Punk, it's not, it's an obsession with CM Punk. <laughs> like, I love CM Punk so much. At the end of that promo, there was a part of me that's like, yeah, he did turn his back on us. <laughs> Fuck CM Punk. <laughs> and then CM Punk came out and was like, you know, is that true? You heard him say, is that true? Blah, blah. So he, he, was protected as the face in the story. And then when he asked that question, is that true? Hmm. MJF had a huge fucking tear rolling down his cheek. Oh, I was blown away. I was blown away. Like, I don't know if he had some drops and just off camera, he just dribbled one there. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so I think he's just genuinely that good. I think it was just intense and it just worked. And yeah, it did so well. Yeah, this was something that... Um, I think unanimously people agreed on with this, you know. So Brian and Dave loved it. Um, you know, people were 
this all the people that I know that watch it message me and was like, Jesus Christ, this is an amazing promo. It, it's yeah, already probably the best promo I've seen on AEW, and there's been a lot of great promos on AEW, but um yeah, and it, it has for me it's taken the the feud to another level again. I think we were talking about or I was talking about last week of like, uh, you know, I'm still into this feud, but it's you know, it's good. Um, I, I feel like this promo mm. took the feud to where it should be between Sam Punk and MJF. <laughs> this was um, this was one where if you if you read and consider the words or listen to what, the words that he's saying and not the delivery, mm. it probably doesn't really have that much impact. But it was all about the delivery. Even yeah. though he was talking about real things that mostly, probably, if not all, really did happen. Yeah. Because it doesn't really, just because someone you like on a TV show didn't want to do that thing anymore doesn't mean you have to beat them up. But <laughs> it was yeah, delivered well, so well. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I mean, the, the reasoning is not sound. It's It has to be just crazy enough to make him the bad guy but if it's delivered well and it was oh. then you can find yourself as an audience sort of almost seeing why mjf should beat up sam punk you know even just for a second if the if the doubts put in your mind for a second then you're hooked and you're into the story and i think we all were um yeah man i can't wait to see i cannot wait to see what the next part of this story is yeah, this is this has been put together so well. Um, I, I I don't know when it started, uh, but it's it's gone on for a long time, and it's not too long. It's great. It's just really well done. No, you could almost you know you can go on for another six months at least, and I would be <laughs> I would be happy. Um, something that kind of feels like has been going on for a long time. Um, and I I haven't had any problems with it. I've just been interested to see where it goes. Is the House of Black Malachi since Malachi Black's debut? I feel like it's been in neutral. I don't know if Malachi Black's been killing it since he's been in AEW. He hasn't done anything bad. I just think he's sort of I don't know. Until the sort of House of Black gimmick came along and the Black Mist, I think that I, I don't know if you're a massive fan of that, but um. I found it interesting, and I think with Brody King getting on board, and then this week, someone who I'm a massive fan of in Buddy Matthews joining or appearing to join mm. House of Black, I got super on board. I'm super interested um, because I, I can understand criticisms of like, well, if you hadn't watched WWE in the past, you hadn't followed the Indies, that you wouldn't know the history between Matthews and Black and blah blah blah. Um, but they'll fill that in. AEW yeah. always fill that in. I, I, I think that's. I, I think it's a valid criticism for maybe a week until they start telling the story this week. What do you? There's more. Where to be, do you land on Buddy Matthews? Um, oh look, I I don't know how live a lot about him. I must admit. Um, I think when I was watching WWE, he was mostly in the. Cruiserweights in two hundred five live. Yeah, he was doing two hundred five. God, I forgot that he was doing that. Jesus. Yeah. And there was what a waste um, of talent. Yeah, there was just not enough time in my life to to uh, watch Ugh, that much man. content when God, you know, one yeah. of their shows is three hours. Um, yeah. Remember so, when we watched five hours a week <laughs> of wrestling to do a podcast? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. 
Um, so look, I, I, for fun. I, that was something we did for fun. We didn't get paid for it. We were insane. What was wrong with us? We didn't even enjoy it. We didn't even like the shows we were watching. Anyway, sorry. Just to clarify, we're still doing what we're doing for fun. <laughs> yeah, but we like the TV shows that we're watching. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Huge look, difference. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to be, uh, be, be, be a little tribal and say go the Aussie. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's the only thing I get nationalistic about is, is Australian professional wrestlers doing well. <laughs> Um, but, um, I'm, yeah, he's got a good look. Uh, he's had a decent career so far. He's young. I think he's got a lot of potential to, you know, do well. Um, he, he did change. Sorry, man, you go. Hopefully they'll, um, they'll flesh this story out a bit more and, um, give the, um, give the house of black a bit more clarity about where, what they're doing and where they're going. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're, maybe they're waiting for, um, they're waiting for, uh, Ray Phoenix to come back and battle with them for a while or something? I don't know. I think Trio's belt, I think uh, House of Black will win that. I think they might be the first winners of it. Um, yeah, Buddy Matthews or Buddy Murphy in WWE um, changed his style dramatically, changed his body shape and changed his style from a very um, top rope operator, cruiserweight guy mm-hmm. to – very hard-hitting, almost MMA style, a lot like Alistair Black uh, kind of style. So it's been really interesting to watch that transformation the last couple of years. And I think it will hold him in good stead to do good things in AEW as a singles competitor as well. So um, he's, yeah. he's one of those, um, like I've mentioned a couple of times, that uh, have appeared on New Japan Strong. Um, yeah. And I, I haven't actually seen the broadcast, but I've just seen you know the, the lineups and he's one of the names that, that appears there. And, and I even saw in a, in a, uh, an ad for an upcoming show uh, just a few hours ago, there was um, Eddie Kingston there as well. And, um, um, on a New Japan Strong yeah, show. Yeah, New Japan mm. Strong. Um, uh, mm. uh, Wheelie Yuta and Rocky, Rocky Romero. So mm. um, they're... You know they're they're sharing a lot of talent and and also um, someone who hasn't wrestled for a while, um, can no not Kenny um, who was with Scorpio Sky um, in Frankie their, Kazarian Frankie Kazarian yes yeah yeah right that's so, interesting mm. it's very interesting uh, yeah. Maybe New Japan have got something to do with this announcement as well. Well, they I see where I'd say that now, but it's something that I've noticed for a while now. Like beyond beyond the last week or two, uh, it's there's there's been talent from AEW appearing in New Japan Strong, which is their US show. Just to clarify, um, for quite some time. But um, yeah, oh, it could just be Tony. And New Japan having a good working relationship and hoping when things open up a little bit more, you know, post the worst of COVID, hopefully, knock on wood, um, that they can have a very open relationship, which would be great for both sets of fan bases and wrestling in general. So Mm. it's a win-win for everyone, I think, except the Fed. Um, Your spot of the week was in that House of Black match. It was. Um, I like to try to uh, to pick out one of these each week, um, and uh, depending how my memory is at the end of the year, we might uh, might see if we can 
pull up a nominator spot of the year. But um, this one uh, wasn't too um, overblown or spectacular, um, but it was pretty pretty impressive nonetheless. And it was um, just a really strong um, clothesline from Brody King onto, uh, I think, Pack was on Penta's shoulders at the time, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, yeah, they both they both did a full full three full flip backwards. It was uh, pretty impressive. Oh um, man, absolutely spectacular! Like hard in the mouth. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm at the point now where you can see a spot is close to. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. yeah, some, yeah, On the edge some, of watch territory. Yeah, <laughs> some, some spots are, are more um, bum puckering than others. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, know? and that was one of them where I was like, oh, or it looked like it. And then in, in replay, I was like, ah, no, that was safe as houses. But it, you know. Since you mentioned such a thing, uh, you reminded me of one that uh, Thunder Rosa did. Just a couple of weeks ago, she went into the crowd. Pretty sure it was against uh, Mercedes Martinez, mm-hmm. and she ran up on the guardrail, like on the side of the oh, yeah. steps, uh, on the edge of the bleachers on this in this mm. section of the crowd, mm. and um, it really looked like she was about to faceplant, slip off this this railing and faceplant. Then um, uh, she managed to hit the spot, which is great. It wasn't, you know, particularly um, hard hitting or anything, but she didn't hurt herself. She didn't hurt Martinez, didn't break your bones or anything, and it still looked pretty good. Um, but then afterwards, I saw a little video that was shared on Twitter hmm. of the dude that was in the crowd who reached up and let her rest her hand on his to prevent her falling over. <laughs> yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. Amazing footage. That is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think Thunder retweeted it with, like, thanks for the assist or something like that. Yes. That's why I saw it. Correct. And uh, and Britt Brit Baker responded, oh, what? And you bet you complain about um, uh, Jamie Hayter and, and uh, Rebel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just quickly, Ricky Starks is in the face of Revolution match. Um, I think this is good. I think Ricky Starks has all the potential in the world. There it is, guys. I say it uh, at least once a week. But it, genuinely, um, I fucking love Ricky Starks. I, I, like he, and I feel like he's really starting to hit his stride. I feel like maybe the commentary stint, he had an injured neck, obviously, and was on commentary for quite a while. And I think that's given him some self-confidence in promos and because he's coming across really well, for me anyway. Um, so I really hope he gets a, a push. I know JR would crack the shits at that, but um, at me saying that. But I really hope he does because I think he, he I think he gets overlooked a little bit with all the four pillars talk and all that kind of thing. I think he could genuinely be a superstar for AEW. Well, it's going to be a pretty impressive effort uh, if he manages to uh, overcome all those monsters in that match. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll win that match, but I just mean in general of like some sort of push. Team Taz for me, as much as I enjoy Taz, and I think Starks and Hobbs and uh, Hook obviously have gotten over. So you would say that the 
faction is a success, right, in its role of getting people over. But I don't know how much the faction has had, you know, a hand in doing that. I think the wrestlers, in spite of being involved with Team Taz, <laughs> have managed to get themselves over because that FTW belt for me, man, is a hindrance. I think people get caught up in FTW belt storylines and stuff and I understand it's a belt and it's a story, but I'd much rather just have those people competing in, you know, slipstreams for actual belts, not for Taz's weird yeah, I, FTW I, belt. I, I presume this is something that he he started in ECW days, yeah? Yeah, it was a, yeah he basically started his own belt, the fuck the world belt. Basically, fuck the world, I'm the champ sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which, yeah, great. That's Taz. It's on brand, blah, 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 blah. It's on brand for Team Taz as well. But when you've got, I don't know, it was like a couple of weeks ago where Ricky Starks was defending the FTW belt against, was it Dante Martin or something? Uh, no, it was Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. Yeah, that's right. Well, they, they do have a, a great match for that. But just... Give him the give him the TNT title and let him anyway. <laughs> uh that's just my little rant. Eddie and Chris had a good promo. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. Um and uh Chris Jericho's got some new abs, right? <laughs> well, they're very they're very well crafted. He's obviously been working hard. Yeah, uh just to be on the record, neither Paul nor myself think that Chris Jericho got ab implants. Um, like I was saying to Paul before we started recording, you, you can get ab implants, but that doesn't fix your boobs and your neck fat and you know the bloodshot eyes and the big jowls that were starting to appear on Chris maybe a year, year and a half ago. Um, I think he's just been hitting the gym. He's a professional wrestler. I think someone, either himself or someone's had a word saying, you're starting to look a bit Ric Flair there, my friend. Might be time to hit the gym. Uh, yeah. Hey, because wouldn't he? This. Wouldn't he? Oh, just one more thing. Wouldn't he have to be? That's not a. That's not a surgical procedure that he could be gone for three days and back again, right? Like to have his stomach ripped open and silicon implants placed in his. Oh, uh, I was hoping I could just rest for three days when I get mine done tomorrow. Damn it! <laughs> oh well. What are you going to do with silicon implants? You'll end up with a 12-pack. you already got the rippling six-pack, Ned Flanders style. Oh, dear. Uh, Jericho, uh, I forgot <laughs> to mention last week that um, I was – I have tickets still on my fridge to see Fozzie, previously known as Fozzie Osborne. Uh, and, um, and unfortunately, because of the uh, still uncertain – COVID plague situation. Mm. They decided to uh, postpone the gig. I'm pleased about it, honestly. Um, you wouldn't really be too keen to be indoors with a whole bunch of hot, sweaty men for that long. Not just That's, yet. Not just yet. Not just yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm imagining when I go along to that show, which whenever it happens, I'm sure I'll, I'll do my best to, to actually use the tickets and check it out, uh, I probably will know one song for the whole night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't even think of another 
<laughs> Fozzie Simon to make a joke. Be like, what? Blah, blah. Because um, I legitimately only know Judas. Well, there was mate, another song of theirs where the film, there was the film clip was them on a roller coaster. Uh, okay. That came out recently <laughs> that was okay. Uh, but I can't remember the name of the song. Let me. So they're they're, <laughs> they're me scheduled to be the um, support act for a band called Buck Cherry. Do you know? Have you heard of them? I have heard of Buck Cherry, yes. Oh, okay. I don't know. They, well, they're not I, great. They, their name is vaguely familiar, but I certainly can't name any of their songs. And that, sorry, so Buck Cherry were the support or Fozzie no, were no. the support? Fozzie were the support. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Ah, it's called Sane. Fozzy Sane official video. I'm just going to click on it and see if we can get. Can anyone? Yeah. Anyway, there we go. If you have a look at that, um, if you have a look at that uh, video, that's peak Chris having not hit the gym, Jericho. Ah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought this was. I thought this was interesting because. Um, it was very WWE, the presentation of this, right down to the security guards already being out oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Eddie just called it out. And then as soon as he called it out, like when the sort of shot opened or they both got to the ring and the security guards were there, I was like, I don't know, this feels a bit like beginning of Raw, <laughs> you know, especially with Eddie Kingston involved. Um but then it was there, it was put there as a purpose, like on purpose, that Chris Jericho is this fucking out of touch you know, megalomaniac who's a millionaire who used to wrestle at the Fed and Eddie Kingston is a fucking street thug, Mm -hmm. you know, who came up, dragged himself up from his bootstraps. You know, we've all read the articles. We all know Eddie's story, blah, 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 blah. So really different, you know, really delineating the, the, the roles between the two of these. This is the arsehole. This is the good guy. (laughs) Now go. And uh, yeah, what 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 um, what fine work they did. That was uh, that was some. I thought Eddie got the best of Chris. I, I assume that they were both pretty much improvising. They were, that's what happens in AEW is that the beats are spelt out to Tony, and then he just allows them to, except for Max Caster. Yeah, <laughs> um, he just allows them to go do what they do. I thought Eddie got the best of Jericho in this segment. Um, I, I I can't. I mean, they're both help. great. <laughs> I have no reason to disagree with you. Um, uh, I, I yeah, thought it was I thought it was a good segment. I um, I, I don't really feel too thrilled about the um the, to the to the match at the pay per view, but mm. I do know that they're both capable in individually on on uh, putting together a good show. It just has been you know fairly fairly quickly thrown together. That's what it feels like. That's all. Yeah, it might be a continuing feud as well, though. That does tend to happen with AEW. I can't imagine that a feud this big would have three or four weeks build up and then stop. Have a think about it. Over the last couple of months, um, we've got Jericho with Kingston. Just before (laughs) that, it was Jericho versus Santana and Ortiz. And then Jericho with Santana and Ortiz against 2.0 and Garcia. And then it was Jericho against 2.0, I think. They were, they were attacking him a few times. Hmm. And it was uh, th- like these these were fairly 
I think they, you know, they might have been no more than about two or three episodes strung together, and then it was dropped and moved on to something else. Um, and then there was another feud, or maybe he was. Then he was out for a few weeks before that. I can't remember exactly on the timing, but hmm. um, it just—they seem to have been sort of uh, not really sure where they were going until they found the right, the what settled on the right uh, the path forward. That's what it felt like for me for this for him for a while. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. I, I feel like the Eddie Chris thing. There's been undercurrents for that for the last four or five weeks, but prior to that, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, after this promo, more, just give me more. Um, and just saying that Eddie got the better of, of Chris, I just mean in the sense of like how far he's come. I mean, Eddie Kingston a year and a half ago was on NWA on YouTube. So, right. I mean, no disrespect to nwa a lot of people in aw ricky starks was on nwa and a lot of people thunder rosa so a lot of people have come up through nwa but um you know if um, if you said to eddie kingston a year and a half ago in a year and a half you'll be one of the biggest stars in aw and you'll be going head to head with chris jericho in a um you know a promo off and winning um i don't even think he would believe you Oh man, uh, I just realised that I got my timing wrong. I, I thought we had um, a bit more up our sleeve before the pay per view, but no. So uh, dynamite is in imminent. Then uh, we have rampage. Yeah, it's this Sunday. By yeah, Sunday in the states or Monday here. Revolution. Hmm. So just just a couple of days away, and um, oh yeah, this uh, this reminds me. I did want to want to mention this. Uh, I saw this advertised during uh, last last week's broadcast. Uh, it'd be saying that you know there's still tickets left for Dynamite on Wednesday, Rampage on Thursday, uh, Friday, separate shows. Sometimes they record it same in the same night, not mm. this time. Mm. And then the pay per view on Sunday, all in the same city, all in Las Vegas. Like, wow, what a vacation that'd be! Oh, just be <laughs> the best. It would be the best, man. Uh, we yeah, at some point we should organise a a trip to the states. Um, yeah, I don't know what city would be. I mean, it would be. I don't know if Jacksonville is the greatest place in the states to go to, <laughs> but I would love to watch a dynamite at Daly's place. You know, the spiritual home of AEW. But any any city would be great. It certainly would be fun. Mm. Um. Well, I think that's pretty much it. I just wanted to bring up that uh, the story between Sammy and Darby, which I'm really into, sort of TNT, the struggle for the TNT title. I just feel like Andrade is being um, not used right in in this story. I I know this will be a thing where in three weeks' time I'll be like Tony Khan has booked Andrade perfectly, <laughs> but I, I just since he's got to. I love Andrade. I loved Andrade in WWE, and all I wanted to see him do was leave and get an opportunity to to be himself. And initially, when he came to AEW, I thought he was going. We were going to get that with the sort of, um, you know, playboy kind of character. But I think there's been some toing and froing about whether they were going to get him to do his own promos, whether he'd do them in Spanish or English, whether the English promos have gotten over. 
And for mine, he just hasn't, like, his strength is in ring and he just has not wrestled enough for me. And putting him with Matt Hardy and, like, that's a black hole to me. That's a mid-card black hole if you're Mm. getting sidled with Matt Hardy at the moment. So I just really worry with Andrade that um, they're just not doing my dog right at the moment. I think um, he just needs to be on his own, you know, battling out for the TNT title, which he is around that picture, but it is very much Derby v. Sammy and Andrade sort of as an afterthought. And I, you know, I think he could be a guy that maybe really benefits from uh, teaming up with two other people and winning the trios belt or something like that and being a breakout star because of that. But um, that would definitely work, yeah. Yeah, that's just my two cents about Andrade. I love him. I would love to see more being done with him. I know not everyone can be the champ. <laughs> like, I get that. But please don't put anyone else with Matt Hardy. <laughs> mm. The AHFO or whatever the fuck it is can FO as far as I'm concerned. Is there is there some hidden message in there? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. No, um, I mean Andrade will be a star, and that they'll push him, and he'll, you know, I get, I, you know, they always do. They always end up looking after uh, people, and and a lot of people have been signed after him that have probably pushed him down the the order a little bit. But um, yeah, just get him in the ring with Alistair Black, get him uh, with uh, Malachi Black, get him in the ring with Buddy Matthews. Uh, you know, people who are great in ring workers, let him do twenty minute matches, and he'll get over. Uh, also yapping away, uh, trying to get that TNT belt opportunity is uh, Scorpio Sky. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, he's another one that should should have the opportunity to wrestle more in ring as well. Um, but there's only so much show, so I get that too. But um, except after next week, when we'll have an extra show including Ring of Honor and Impact <laughs> Talent. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> If that's if we're correct on that, I'll uh, I will shout that from the rooftops. But um, yeah, uh, look, I think we can wrap that up there. That's a good hour. We've covered everything. It's always a pleasure talking to you about wrestling, my friend. Um, and you must, see my good sir. You can support us by um, following us in your uh, podcast player. Rating, reviewing helps. Following us on socials, telling your friends about it. But until uh, search and subscribe, I think the kids say now. Um, But until next time, brother dudes, may your wrestling be good wrestling. And his name. His name is Anthony Anthony Bowens. Bowens.